The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And it is a new year. Same us. That's right. No New Year. The only thing different is I am wearing a Star Wars Jawa Santa Claus shirt. That's 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 what we got. That's what's happened since he got his haircut. I, I also got my haircut at, at some point. I don't remember when. And then Dave has no hair, so it all works out. But New Year, same as OG bandwagoners here. Hope everybody enjoyed what will not be named the Streamies next year because apparently. There's already a streamies. Tony, Tony's like, no, no, copyrights, man. Like, we don't want to piss off YouTube. Oh, wait. Oh. They have they have the streamies. We have the. They have the Big Mac. We have the Big no, Mick. They have the we Golden Arches. Have, we have the Golden Arcs. You know, they have two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. We have two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a regular bun. Can't you see the difference? Our buns. Have no seeds. Glad to see we're on the same wavelength there. Greatest Eddie Murphy movie of all time. Maybe. I think it is. I think it's his opus. That's just me, though. That's a did, intervu- did introduce the little O'Dowd to the golden child this past mm. weekend, by the way. Speaking How did he of like Eddie it? Murphy. He enjoyed the rapping on the Tibetan monk uh, staircase. I think every child loves and like, ah, 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 I want the knife. I think we've all been there. Lost episode of the 5x5, five five, though, by the way, with myself and uh, one Christopher Platt was our five best and five worst Eddie Murphy movies. I lost the recording. I have no idea where it went. 
And so we will never get that episode, sadly. Though I have my welcome, list written down somewhere. Welcome to the club. I It was a good episode, too. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. had a lot of fun. Played Party All the Time uh, as part of the intro to that episode. It was... Uh, have you ever I lost any other episodes you've recorded? Not of the 5x5. Five five. Everything okay. that we've ever done outside of that one has played at some point. Unless you think you, unless you think I haven't played one somewhere. Oh no, I just was bringing up uh, lost episodes. I know I've lost one or two over the years. Yeah, I don't. Dave, have you ever lost an episode of a show? Um, not per. That's a yes. Not per se. I think like some of the early episodes of Attitude of Aggression kind of got purged when like we had to change like the RSS feed. Tony will kind of relate to this thing you had to, the rss feed had its switch we pointed it somewhere different and a bunch of the episodes kind of like vanished so that's you know that's the only thing i can i can um relate but to, you've never recorded an episode and never got it to no. air because you lost no you guys are using i recorded it you guys are using the software based stuff and that's kind of where the risk of that comes into play right he's gonna yeah, have I, He's either going to see it's not working or, or it isn't, you know. That's fair. I, I, I see that. I I really like that episode, too. It's too bad. Uh, we haven't done, I haven't done any 5x5s five in a while. I need to get back on that. But that is future Patrick's problem, not current Patrick's problem. Current Patrick's problem is that we're here with the new year, uh, back on the bandwagon. And we're going to talk about not one, not two, but Three episodes of Doom Patrol because we have been gone because of the streamies. We didn't get to episodes four and five. This week is episode six of Doom Patrol. So we're going to cover that. We have a few trailers for the trailer park. uh, A little bit of a a horror tinge to the back half of the trailer park. The show that I'm really, really interested in. And I I, I hope, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, will feel the same way. And then just some news around the Nerdosphere. We're going to complain about Warner Brothers Discovery again because I'm kind of enjoying that game right now and, and don't understand. At this point, I I really want us to just spend a little bit of time being like, what are they doing? Like, I want us to spend a little bit of time trying to make sense of not so much why the decisions are taking place and what's going on, but like, like in that regard, of us being disappointed of stuff going away. But I'm still having trouble making sense of what's going on with this Warner Brothers Discovery merger and the changes it's making to HBO Max in particular. That is that is going to be the end of the show, though. We're going to start the show, though, with some of the best theme music in all of television. As Dave, we need you to cue up some tunes. Hit that Doom Patrol, if you please. Thank you, Dave. We have three episodes to cover. 
episodes five and six kind of blend together very nicely and segue one right into the next in terms of like time and, and how they go. So I think we may end up sort of talking about episodes five and six is almost one extended episode, almost a two hour sort of deal. However, episode four focuses solely on Dorothy and is its own individual little story. And, and it was a quite good little story that catches up on Dorothy uh, and what she's been up to since leaving with the, um, what is it they call it? The go, the, the young the ghost dead, dead boys. Yeah. The dead boys detective agency. Uh, we, when we started this episode, or started this, uh, the end of this, uh, the first season or this last season, we assumed that there was going to be more with, uh, with Dorothy and the dead boys detective agency, but that's not what we get when we start episode four of Doom Patrol. We find that she is with Danny and she's telling this story to a group of folks that are living within Danny that she went with the dead boys detective agency to reclaim a necklace given to her by her father so that she could speak with his ghost and that she was able to do so with the help of the candle maker and and retrieve this necklace and then talk to her father and resolve all these things. Now, of course this proves not to necessarily be accurate as she, Dorothy is off and alone being preteen angsty, I guess is the way that I would describe it. Um, and Morris, uh, and I can't remember what Morris's other character name is, uh, is also living within Danny. Uh, she tries to talk to Dorothy about what they're perceiving. perceiving. Uh, Danny and, and Morris are both seeing that, that Dorothy is not right, that she seems to be upset and bothered by something. Dorothy keeps rejecting everybody's offers for help. She's kind of getting lost in this comic book world. Uh, focusing on a character known as Space Case, uh, when the people with the people within the community of Danny uh, get us attacked by these little like robotic bugs that turn them into like almost stormtrooper robot sort of automaton things that turn on everybody that's not sort of under their control. Uh, Dorothy sees these creatures, recognizes them as bad guys from their comic book, and summons Space Case, played by Madeline Zima, who I will never forget as the little girl from The Nanny uh, way back when, a million years ago, and then later as kind of a really messed up teenager in Californication, where I had to wrap my brain around the first or second episode, seeing her naked and being like, you're the child from The Nanny, and I'm not used to that. Um, really still messes with my brain a lot, even though she's, you know, a woman well into her thirties at this point. (laughs) Um, but through that, we learn that Dorothy lied about how she acquired her necklace, that she's angry with what happened between her father and her and her father's death. And this whole episode sort of turns into a catharsis in a new direction that helps her realize that that maybe she's, I don't know if she's been, if she realizes she's been too hard on, on her feelings towards Niles, but it definitely helps her reconcile things 
to where she willingly leaves Danny to go out into the world with a now fully existing space case to, it sounds like, go back and rejoin the Doom Patrol. And it's probably going to come not a moment too soon in Episode 7, which we haven't got to. So that's kind of the nutshell version. We do we do learn um, the necklace does end up in the hands of this uh, this evil overlord character that uh, I can't remember its name either. It's really hard to pronounce. Torminox, right? Her dad. Torminox, yeah. Yeah, her uh, space case's dad, Torminox, who... Uh, delightfully gets mispronounced over and over and over again yes, by more tampax she calls him tampax point that, that was a great moment yeah and and you've learned that as these characters have been brought into existence and there's this the writer of the comic is like helping the people who are trying to bring back immortus but this necklace uh clearly was a piece of the puzzle to bringing back immortus and you're starting to see these threads sort of expand and that's where the episode sort of leaves so that's a big thumbnail, uh, a lot of uh, exposition on my part. Dave, your thoughts on episode four of Doom Patrol, the Dorothy-centric episode of Doom Patrol? Nothing screams Doom Patrol like bringing in one of these lesser-known DC characters, Codpiece in the first episode. Here in episode four, we're bringing in Space Case, and it's like, wow, we're really going to bring in Space Case into this whole thing. So. Uh, I I love this episode. I thought it was it was great to to see this character kind of come to life and and to give you know Dorothy somebody who she looks up to, who she feels she can relate, and seeing them kind of like drive off into the sunset towards Cloverton to like you're saying presumably reunite with the Doom Patrol because they're the only one because you know Space Case thinks that she can still reach her father. It's a very you get this redemption sort of thing. It's like Luke trying to redeem Darth Vader. I think she's trying to kind of do that because she saw something in his eyes for a brief flicker of an instant. But yeah, it, it didn't seem at the time like, you know, how's this all tied together? But by the time you get done with episode five or six, all of it makes perfect sense. So I love the episode. I, I You know, it was great to see Dorothy, see Danny, see where everybody is and kind of uh, get reacquainted with them. So yeah, I'm sure she's going to arrive none too soon whenever we get episode seven sometime this year. So I mean, sometimes this year it's Next week. No, it's a mid, nope. there's a mid-season. It's the, this was the they're mid-season finale. Possibly, they're playing they're saying possibly not till fall, you know. Yeah. Weak sauce. I know, is Yeah, it? I know. It was, we got to have a we got to have a we got to have a meeting after the show. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah, we'll it either until I we'll looked at it. I said mid-season finale and then I realized I oh, just okay. figured that out. Yeah, I just figured out this morning. Anyway. You know, I, now I'm like, well, now I understand why there wasn't a next week on Doom Patrol ad. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Got yeah. you. Okay. Well, you you think about that. I'll I'll transition back into what we were talking about. Yeah, you go um, you go talk about that for a second. There's 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 two things um that I wanted to bring up with um it's Dorothy, right? Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember the first one. Well, the the fact that uh, that she tells off her dad the, the the fuck you thing, you know, fuck you for not being there for her, or whatever, you know, it kind of changes his mind. And, um, God, I can't remember the other one. It had something to do with space case, but then we came to the realization that there isn't another episode next week. So I forgot. Um, I I don't know. I, Oh yes. It was like an episode of the Simpsons without any of the Simpsons on it. And I really enjoyed it. (laughs) 
you know, because it was it was the, the Doom Patrol was not on the episode, and I was kind of waiting for them a little bit, and then right. halfway through, I'm like, oh, this is cool. We're we're just gonna have it stay here and figure this out. So uh, that and the realization, yes, now it's all coming back to me, that, that making Space Case realize that she's uh, in a world that's real and there's consequences where if you die, you don't get to come back 142 times. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. Those are all really, really interesting things. Um, it's always cool when Danny's around and appears and pops up in different kind of messages around the camp and everything. I thought that was always fun. So, by the way, by the way, speaking of, it's always cool when someone is around. Join us, the Reverend himself, Raymond S. Cashington the Third. Welcome back, audience. Oh, oh no. Speaking. Speaking of haircuts, by the way, looking good. Looking good, man. How you been? I I just woke up, number one. So um Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Hey, check out uh, my Star Wars shirt. Look, it's got a Jawa dressed up like Santa Claus. That is dope. I like it. I know, right? I'm like I'm like a five year old, like showing off my shirt today. Like I've been like, hey, check it out. It's all it hey, man. It's all good. So, you know, we a lot all of us collectively have like some of the coldest shirts. Except for the That's ones. Why we're what? What? Uh, I was gonna I, say hi to you, Ray, but whatever. Hey, Tony, Dave, <laughs> my boy, was good. I'm just good to a see PGA y'all. PGA Tour shirt, so nothing special. PGA, PGA nice. Tour shirt that'll put that's, butts in the seats. That's hey, well, Charlie Woods saved the PGA apparently, so it's all good. Oh, um, yeah. No, but I've missed you, gentlemen. Um, glad y'all held it down for me. I'm trying to get kind of back in the swing of things and trying to figure out my new normal. That's going to be fun. Okay. Apparently your new normal involves less well, hair, but that's cool. Well, I mean, I could have I, I could have showed up to the funeral looking like Mushi Norris back in 2006, but I figured it might be nice to be a little bit professional. That's fair. Fair. I appreciate that. Well, so so where we you came at a good time. Have you been keeping up on Doom Patrol? Have you been watching I, Doom Patrol, my friend? I haven't seen any of it. All I haven't seen any of the new season, and I started to watch all of it last night, but fell asleep. So um, fair enough. Well, you got but, till about the you probably have till the fall to watch the first six episodes because that's all you're getting, and we're not getting the second half of the season till summer. Or, right. Okay. Okay. And, and we were we were basically in the midst of talking about um, episode four. So we uh, we got a couple more episodes. We're three episodes behind because of the show doing the streamies. Did you? Uh, did you have to catch those episodes? I caught, a few, I caught a bit of it, but yes, I haven't haven't. I've, I've I've gotten through a good portion of it. It was very well done, very good, and I love that Dave on brand changed all the rules with the very first one. Yeah, well, Dave changed some rules. Tony broke some rules. Aesop broke some rules. In fact, I was the only one who gave a goddamn about the rules. Dave kicked off the rule breaking by yep. under the radar. Know, yeah, here's a here's a board game, huh? It's right, a, it's like a pirate code. It's the pirate code, Ray. They're not rules or guidelines, you know that sort of thing. So, so basically, this is this is Torquetuga the podcast. Good to know. Yeah, something like Tortuga that. I was, uh, yeah, uh, God. Anyway, back to Doom Patrol. Tony, you were making some thoughts before I rudely interrupted you to allow Ray Cash to then point out all the rule-breaking from the streamies. Uh, do you remember your second thought? Is it gone? We are talking about Dorothy. 
No, yeah, I, I think I, I got them all out there. It was um, it was just interesting for her to make the the space case of the and the characters she pulled out of the comic book make them realize that they're real. You know, they had feelings that you couldn't come back 142 times to fight each other. That if you die here, you're gonna die. You know, Dorothy yelling at her father and him <clears throat> coming back and wanting to make sure that you know he gets to go back and spend time and him kind of changing a little bit and. Yeah, and and then the, the the just the 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 big part I enjoyed was that you didn't have the Doom Patrol in it, and it was kind of a transition into what we're about to talk about, actually. Right, because the next two episodes return to our focus on the Doom Patrol, and we finally learn a couple of different things. One, we learn that uh, in order for Immortus to be brought back to life, there is this essence that niles colder has basically had has it been has i don't know if you call it injected or put it do you even remember i i've i take a drink everybody i've forgotten the name of what he's put in longevity there. longevity well it's long he says they, they take the longevity but i can't remember what it was from but that's like what it was from it. something oh it was from the necklace it, it was from that piece of it was a piece of their that soul or something wasn't it right uh yeah. but basically and what you Rita has the other one or Right, is that in order to bring back Amortis, the worshippers of Amortis are pulling this longevity that Niles Calder had put into each of the members of the Doom Patrol uh, while you know working with them as a team and giving them long life. He's been slowly removing, you know, he's he inject he put it all put this um, longevity in them, uh, and the followers of Amortis need to pull that out of the each member of the Doom Patrol in order to bring him back. And at the end of the last, at the end of episode seven or six, you know, we're we're on the verge of Cliff, the remaining member, having his pulled out. I don't think it had been extracted just yet. It was going to happen. Right, um, he was stuck in the scissors. But did uh, did Larry lose his longevity? Yes, Larry gave it up willingly because uh, um, what's his uh, the entity? What's oh, his name? Yep, Deegus. Or, no, not more. Keeg. Keeg. Keeg has been trying to convince him to do it. Keeg oh, does because Keeg thinks he's going to blow everything up in the sun, right? Right. And so that um, that then left uh, uh, shit. Trainer. It just it left him um, saying, okay, I see you don't see an end to this. If this is what you, if this is what you trust believe, him. I trust. Um, yeah, yeah I, tr- I, I trust you, and so he he allows his uh, his immort- or his uh, longevity to be taken. So Cliff is it. Um, between that beginning sort of exposition that we learn uh, in episode five, when Rita wakes up after her or- ordeal in the in the film retrospective, and she wakes up aged and she freaks out and messes with. The box that clearly says "Don't mess with this." This is experimental stuff, and she, you know, opens up a potion that turns all of them. And wow, oh God, I'm gonna here drink again. I'm forgetting everybody's names. Um, oh, Willoughby. The, the Willoughby. Willoughby. Oh yes. Uh, makes them all younger, in the sense that they are teenagers. Uh, and at first, they're you know, it's their teenager persona in their adult bodies, though that then changes. As they, uh, as the potion, if not treated, 
will revert them all the way and back into their their um, as uh, Willoughby puts it, twinkle in their father's eye, and so. <laughs> Also refers to him as like a sploosh in his father's pants yep. or something. Can't you? Yeah. Can't you just that let well. me? Can't you just let me be and get sploogified? <laughs> yes. Um, and so they're in the midst of that, though. A lot of sort again, more shit sort of comes out. Now Larry Trainer is out doing his own thing with Key. He ends up in this pocket dimension with the Scissors people, and, and uh, that. He's having an adventure but, with Mr. 104. Yes. And, and apparently there's there's a little something there. A little something, something Sexual there. Sexual tension, as Cliff would call it. But they haven't crossed yeah, that, I mean, haven't crossed, crossed picked, that bridge yet. Picked up there's a, on there's a bridge. right away. There's a bridge. There's a bridge. There is a bridge. But anyway, so while Larry is on this little sort of journey uh, with Mr. 104, the rest of the Doom Patrol has been hit with this potion. They're turning younger by the minute. Um, Crazy Jane gets really high and goes on this let's weird. Not, let's not forget about how uh, Crazy Jane wanted to have a little fun with herself to start off here. Well, oh yeah, because of the puzzle and whoever's on the other side of that puzzle. Shelly. That, uh, but that, yeah, wait, wait, wait. That's Wait, I haven't seen any of this. He had fun with herself? We still well, talking about Doom Patrol? Yes, we yes. Are. yes, we are talking. We are definitely talking about Doom Patrol. Because I know some, I know some sites and some videos. Apparently, the government is listening trip. as a helicopter is hovering overhead here. I don't know if you can hear that or not. Sorry. Damn it, Tony! I told you about that black market shit. Hey, man, The Fugitive Part Three, starring yes. PC Tony. Guy can't own any plutonium, Kenny. Not even a little bit. <laughs> you and your one point twenty-one gigawatts. They're going to their wall. Sorry. Sorry, Patrick. So, no, no, it's fine. You know, get distracted. It's it's what goes on. Was Shelly the, was Shelly the eye on the other side of the puzzle piece? Is that what you yes. think, Dave? No, oh, she is. I isn't thought she? so. Isn't, she that, like Jane, isn't that like Jane known? Thought, Jane thought she was. And then Jane had her little, you know. Well, they both, they, or, they, they both are clearly after each other. Like, she right. shows up. She's ready. Like. After she has her conversation with Kay, um, her, and, and Kay is like, it's our body, it's not just my Because if you remember, Crazy Jane is going through this thing where it's like, as a persona, she's feeling very selfish about, you know, this body's not her body, yet she's having these feelings, and she, you know, you know, like the whole sexual awakening thing that was going on with, with apparently Shelly on the other side of the puzzle piece. I just never knew if it was out and out said that that was who the eye was that was looking at her through the puzzle piece. Because that was the connection that it sort of... I think it's suspected. It's just like strongly it's suspected implied. and strongly implied. It may not me. I mean, for all we know, it's Immortus on the other side, but who knows? But anyway, when, when, teenage, when teenage Crazy Jane is at that party and she's high as a kite and has that, you know, that confrontation with k where k is like it's not just your body it's or my body it's our body and that connection happened um that then leads to when crazy jane comes back for being a baby in the the next episode to be like you know like fuck this i want to live my life i want to do this thing and so then she goes and she seeks out shelly and just as they're about to have their moment to kiss and, and kind of bring this thing to be Jane can't do it. She she still can't go through with it. 
uh, and goes running back. And, and that's where she has a really great conversation with Cliff, who has been this father figure for her, where she like keeps talking about like not deserving to be loved. And Cliff's like, well, you don't really have a choice if people want to love you. Like if people love you, they love you. Yes. And then we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to talking. We'll get to talk to puppet hand in a minute. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, but yeah, so it, it was a really big moment for Jane that then leads her and Cliff to then want to go head into this dimension to take on a mortis fox, as I do believe they call it, uh, to go take them out. Well, think about the moment for Cliff, though. He also he removes his glove because to touch yeah. to touch Jane and Cliff doesn't real. This is the thing that's kind of subtle about this, which I love about the show is Cliff. Well, I, thinks, think, I think you could say hold to hold her hand. No, I don't know. I, I was I was going to say something touch, different. Cliff thinks he's kind of, oh, you're misleading a little there. Yeah, Cliff. Cliff kind of like um, you know, like he he thinks of himself or he, he thinks of his dad as his shitty father and he's trying to escape that. He doesn't really realize, like you were saying, he's a father figure to Jane. She he just doesn't realize how good of a father figure he's actually being for her. And I think that's kind of flying under the radar so far. But that moment where he touches her hand, I, I correct myself, uh, was a big moment because he was supposed to be saving that for his grandson. And that's why I want to bring up Mr. Sacco is because that's who kind of, and Dave, you bring up the perfect transition into it is because the, the part of his brain that's having the Alzheimer's has created this alternate character in his head. That's actually him talking to himself, right? Inside of the, 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 the oven mitt that he's put over and drawn a face on. And the oven mitt is like, Hey, dipshit, like you're actually a good person. Right. And takes him over to the fridge or the freezer. And it's like, would a bad person not have saved Dave, this is the full circle because this is this is the beginning and the end of of our adventure here, right? Because apparently, he left the he didn't close the door. He left the right? fridge open, dude. And now, anyway, right? So zombie butt. It's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. Pat, I know you want to yeah, talk. So you want to talk about the, the puppet? Boat. I want to talk about what? You want to talk about the puppet, right? The hand puppet. Well, I, Cliff, yeah, Cliff started his his his. Oven mitt puppet representation of his grandson starts talking to him in his mind. This crazy Jane can't hear him. There's a moment where he's talking to his hand, and crazy Jane's like, Why are you talking to your hand? Uh, as we get a look at the Parkinson's disease, kind of take, you know, that seems to be what Cliff thinks it is anyway. Um, but it's become like his Jiminy Cricket. Uh, a little bit, which is a little, which is an interesting shift of character, uh, and actually reminds Cliff about the importance of like family. It is. It's someone. It's something, and it, it's it's the part of Cliff that challenges himself, and 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 shows him like what what he can't see for himself. That that's kind of the two things that I see it doing. Yeah, I found it interesting. Rory's voice sounds an awful lot like Elmo. That's just my observation. It does sound an awful lot like Elmo. I thought about that too. It's it's crazy. So what else? Uh, I guess we should talk about Victor. Victor reconnecting with his boy back home. Um, he has this again. Like, there were a lot of like big moments at his teenage party when they're all like angsty and stuff. And so Victor, who's been kind of getting, you know ridiculed by Jane over and over and over again because he he won't loosen up. He finally like loosens up, jumps in the pool, he's kind of partying and having a good time. And then he and Jane are sitting there talking while they're 
while they're both a little high. And Jane just sort of points out that like she was jealous of those friends that he that he's sitting there describing these friendships that he had when he was a teenager and those connections that he lost. And so he just he gets up from that party and makes his way to Detroit to find his best friend. And, and when he finds his best friend, um, he just goes into his arms and starts crying. And then we don't see them again until the start of episode six, where he's no longer a baby. And they're in the car heading back to Ohio. Um, but through that road trip, um, uh, and I'm forgetting the best friend's name again, drink uh, again. It's Derek? Uh, it's Derek, right, Tony? Yeah, 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 something like that. They, you know, they show up. Cliff has just been wiped out um, from uh, trying to uh, stop Larry and 104 uh, from, from, you know, helping, you know, help fight Amortis. Uh, and that's when King pushes Larry back into the portal. Victor and Derek show up at the portal. And as Victor goes in, to, like, by himself, being like, this is some superhero shit, Derek follows him. And without Derek, they uh, they they probably don't even get as far as they did get. Because Derek at least sort of figures out a little bit about, about the realm that they're in, even though it doesn't really lead him anywhere successful. Yeah, Derek, uh, but it was a big moment because it was a big moment of reconciliation. And Derek takes the only good knife that they have, so that that's a problem. Right. It's the know, only the good only, knife that they the have. only good knife they have. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't do him any good. The scissor dudes take take him over, and these three weird, mysterious robed figures wipe out any opportunity that that they have to try and stand up to the followers of Immortus. And we leave off with Cliff on the verge of losing his longevity. And a zombie butt coming alive out of the refrigerator that Cliff forgot to close. And you've got this Wally character who Rita thought that she squashed, yes, Wally squashed back at the end. He looked kind of like a zombie. Yeah. He's on the paper. Yeah, exactly. He's on the what? He's on the he's on the comic book paper, so he's not gone. He's just stuck in the paper. Right. Yeah, it's it's just it's like she like well, odd. you know what she did? What's the um the crazy putty. She crazy puttied him into the into the newspaper. Like when you could take the ink off of the. She took the right. human oh, onto the paper. Look at that. So Rita's a pocket dimension unto herself, perhaps. Possibly. Mm. Ooh. Interesting. Un, un, yeah. Now this. Now that. That's maybe the first. That might be the nerdiest thing I've ever said on this show. Wow. <laughs> Whatever, Ray. Yeah, like, thanks maybe, for showing up. Thanks for showing up, Ray. So we just. As as I just learned in the midst of this conversation when we started talking Doom Patrol, apparently that was the end of the first half of the season, and it's on a hiatus till God knows when. So, real quick, we'll start with Tony and then we'll do Dave. What do we expect slash want out of the second half of this season when it gets here? Well, I, I want it to be really, really good, and I fully expect by then to not even have the current episodes of Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Um, oh, Jesus, stop. We'll I'm get just, to that at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a little I'm just kidding. No, uh, man, I am disappointed as well because I, I didn't know until – I actually knew last night because I, I wanted to look and see how long each episode was to know, make sure I gave it enough time to get home and watch it. Um, cause I knew I had three to watch and it said, um, 
part one finale. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, damn it. So, and then I thought maybe it was a couple weeks or something off because they had to like doing some special shit they were going to run. And sure enough, you know, so I, I really enjoyed the ramp up to what's coming. Um, what do I want? I, I want them to get Immortus right. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, I expect them to do a good enough job. I don't know if they're going to knock it out of the park, but I think at the end of the day, we're going to sit here and go, that was pretty dang good. Um, I don't know. Uh, are, are we getting another season? Uh, I don't know. That's a good, know good question. The, here's, the, here's the thing. Is this show is rumored to be on. Yeah. So here's the thing. Who knows? Given the state of Warner Brothers Discovery, I'm not going to count on it. We didn't think the Doom Patrol was going to get a season four. And here we are looking at a season five. I don't want to speculate on that yet until we have season four in the books and we see how this season ends. Immortus as a big bad to wrap up Doom Patrol, though, isn't a terrible big bad to wrap up Doom Patrol, if you ask me. Dave, what do you want to see out of the second half of season four? And I guess since we went down that road, speculate on a season five. Yeah. I I knew early on that they were going to split the season, but I think when I first heard about it, I thought it was going to be like the way like stranger things season four was split Pat, where it's like, okay, we're going to take a month off and then there's going to be like two more episodes. Cause really you're six episodes in. So you probably, maybe the second half has got four, you know, if you think it's a 10 episode run, um, before, before you get, before you get into like your thoughts, because we're just still talking about the structure and everything here real quick. I just wanted to say what here, my one thing, I'll tell you what I want. If we don't know about a season five, then I want something that maybe leads to um, a year, a year and a half after we're done with this season, like an hour and a half, two hour movie, because they have plenty of people that are actors that are strong enough to where they could do something really big and bring in someone even bigger to play a big bad and and make money on it in the in the theaters and then bring it back to streaming. That's what I want. Then I just wanted to say that because we're talking about the structure. And 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 as the Young Justice fan here, Young Justice has done a split every season from the beginning. So this isn't new to DC structure in general. And uh, it's also not it's it's not new to a lot of series and shows. Anymore. It's just new to this one, right? And. Gunn might actually go in that direction, Tony, where he might say, you know what, let's make a Doom Patrol movie and wrap this whole thing up. So you don't you don't know. It could be it could be all part of the plan. But um, yeah, I think I think second half of season four, Dorothy and Space Case, clearly the, the X factors here as to when they show up at Cloverton and realize that all holy hell is broken loose. Where are my friends? There's this big gaping portal sitting here. You know, of course, they've got to take care of the zombie butt that's going to be running around the mansion when they get there. I expect Space Case to not have too many problems. I mean, she's killed Torminox 143 times. What's a zombie butt to her? So she could be the X factor in this whole thing as far as somebody who... Because you got to remember, Willoughby comes up and, and says that they basically made the strongest wizards in the universe look like a bunch of wusses out there. So you're dealing with a pretty super-powered, super-powerful entity these uh priests that are humming in harmony but 
I, I think that's kind of where we're going to go. I, I love the first half of season four. I thought it was a little bit tighter than I thought season three was and, and kind of a little bit more linear and easier to follow um, other than the one episode with, with Dorothy. But yeah, that's my ex- expectation is that, you know, you'll get Dorothy space case and some of these other characters involved as they try to save the doom patrol who are now rapidly fighting father time, as well as a seemingly unbeatable enemy. Right. And, we know that at the very least, uh, Amortis is going to uh, is going to appear. Like it's not going to be a they almost summoned him sort of deal. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I would say, yeah, uh, strong, strong, strong first half of the season for Doom Patrol. And like I said at the outset of this review, no idea that <laughs> we uh, we had hit the midway point. Did not click with me. So. That's where we're going to leave could this. I, before could I throw we one thing out to you guys? Could Amortis... I mean, you're going to whether oh, I want you to or not. Thanks. Could Amortis be Mr. Nobody coming back, being brought back somehow? Alan Tudyk's character. Well, didn't they bring that up? Didn't that name get dropped here already? It did. It did. Amongst, they brought it up in the context they of were, all the people they were they talking stopped. about everything that they battled. Yeah. Like, it wasn't... So I, don't I, I so. just... We haven't seen Miles. So. We haven't seen Miles Colder yet. Like in the flesh. God, what if he's a Mortis? That would be fucked up. But he's not. I don't think he's a Mortis. But I don't think. I I think we're gonna see Miles Calder before the end of the season. Yeah, but they had his like, brain more than season, just a thought. So like, there's God. I mean, I know he comes back no matter what, but they had his brain. Again, it would not surprise. This is Doom Patrol. Anything can happen. We literally have established that there is a stone with souls and entities that we can bring back a consciousness and talk to. So um, I'm thinking he's he's out, but not out. No, don't count out Niles yeah. Calder. Zombie butts, Ray. That's all you got to know. I mean, anything's possible. In this Zombie show. butts, indeed. All right. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to head into our first commercial break. And when we come back do a little fun in the trailer park, get Ray Cash really doing some chatting. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. 
everything pro wrestling, make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. Great discussion on the last three episodes of Season 4, Part 1 of Doom Patrol. But now it's time to, to head over to the other side of the tracks, visit the trailer park. And in order to do that, we need some banjos. So, Dave, put it away, Ray. Put it away. Put it back on the rack. Put it back. There you go. Dave, please hit that beautiful banjo. trailers this week uh one a tv series and then two movies i'm very excited about this movie i think tony and i should go see it at the theater when we when we get to the to we get to the movie trailers but but before we get to the movies and we get to the horror side of things i kept getting hit over the head time and time again as i queue up the the peacock to watch my wwe coverage uh which believe it or not guys i've been watching wrestling lately like like Current wrestling, not See? like WrestleMania is from like ten years ago. Vince McMahon comes like, back. 20... Pat starts watching wrestling again. <laughs> Look at that. See it? No, no, that's actually. I, I came back. I came back before Vince came back, and just for the record, Vince McMahon. No, thank you. No, as a majority shareholder, what are you going to do? Anyhow. We're not here to Start talk about wrestling. Board? We're not a wrestling Sorry. podcast. But every commercial, in it, every other commercial, it seems like on the Peacock right now, is a trailer for a TV show called Poker Face. And a very, and not the Lady Gaga song. Um, I know, right? <laughs> so I, I kept seeing this, this trailer, and it comes out on Peacock on January 26th. And the cast just sort of got my attention to where I actually paid enough attention to the trailer to get a better sense of them. Because this cast, which for this series now, and that's the thing is, this is a series, so a lot of this is rotating stuff. But it's the 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 lead is Natasha Leone, who is a hell of an actress. Has been around like God. I remember her back in the late nineties on American Pie, like as the as the week. Well, but she was she was like the like wizened like like she was the voice of reason in American Pie. Like she was not really a part of the hijinks, other than teaching Tara Reid how to have an orgasm. Which I'm willing to bet money Tara Reid as a human knew well before Natasha Lyonne came into her life in American Pie. But Natasha Lyonne plays this character who apparently can tell no matter what when people people are lying, and. That's that's basically the premise of this show. She's on the run, uh, from what I can gather, and, and keeps encountering murders that she helps solve with her ability to detect when people are lying. The guest stars that have been 
announced. Uh, it's a uh, it's Adrian Brody, Chloe Sevigny, Jorson, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Ron Perlman, just ridiculous names. Uh, Jamila Jamil, uh, Tim Blake Benjamin Nelson, Bratt. what Benjamin, Benjamin Bratt, Bratt? Yeah, Simon Helberg, uh, just David Castaneda. I'm pronouncing that wrong, but um, it's just it's crazy, and and it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a almost like I don't want to call it a dark comedy sort of thing, but it's it's definitely not a lighthearted thing. But it, and there's definitely a comedic feel to this show. Um, Ten episodes coming your way to Peacock. David Ungar, what do you think of this trailer, man? Interesting. That's for sure. Like you said, it's got a strong cast, strong uh, guest appearances, and and Natasha Leone is uh, y- yeah. I mean, she's definitely come a long way since uh. The big L or the big O in American Pie, but uh, I think that this looks like a really interesting series, like a uh, human lie detector. Uh, you know, I, I like at the end of asking, you know, you should maybe think about gambling with that. Yeah, ah, nah, I'm not going to do that. But clearly, they've been using her for that purpose at some point in this uh, series. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's good for for Peacock to get something other than WWE to kind of really uh, drive people to want to watch or get a part of the network. So. Looks interesting to me. By the way, people keep no selling Peacock's content. There's better content than you think uh, on mm-hmm. Peacock, and that people give it credit for. There's more than the WWE on there. There's more, Tony. To, your there's thoughts. more to the cock than. Sorry, go ahead. No, why, why, Dave? Why, why are you on this show today? Why did you do that? Why, 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 Tony? Tony, to you. I look forward to this show. Um, I won't say cock. Um, just I'm not going to say cock. What's wrong with saying just cock? did. You guys want to mute the damn cock. I, I, I can't help it. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. You should have just not said you anything at all. You, you I know. Helped. I saved it. I could have helped. I could have helped. I didn't. You chose violence, sir. I you helped. chose violence. I helped myself. Um <laughs> No, this looks good, Patrick. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to give it a chance at least, okay? I'm not going to say I'm going to watch the whole thing yet, but I'm going to give it a chance. I, I love a show that is basically based on a consecutive uh, guest appearances is what we're looking at, right? So right. Each, each, it does. Gonna, each week, one of these guest appearances is either going to help or hurt the overall arcing problem of the story, right? So I, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. Good call on, on throwing it out here. And definitely anybody who has the NBC Peacock streaming service should check it out. There you go. There you go. Ray. Dave. Should I choose violence or should I be for real? I mean, you're going to get booed either way. So I guess this is good live your best life. Um, no. So and uh, in, in, in being serious, uh, fun fact about Peacock, they have a lot of Fairly quality, well, not fairly quality content, but did you know that they just finally got their first top 10 straight, like Nielsen level streaming show with the best man final chapters after all these years? This is the first one they had that reached that level. That's crazy. Um, huh. yeah, of all the shows and all the stuff's been on Peacock, that goes to show you how low on the totem pole it really is. 
but that story has a lot of history over a very a lot of movies in that in that uh, uh, pantheon, right? Oh, absolutely. I, and it's a lot of histories. There's not a black person alive on this world that's over thirty that's never seen any of them. But the point being, it took something with that much of a, like you said, a history in the background to get a show on that platform in the top 10 of Nielsen ratings. That's just, just a crazy thought to me, given all the stuff that's on the, on, on available on that uh, platform to the point real quick, Natasha Leon over the past couple of years has turned herself into one of the top actresses on, on, in, in TV or streaming. Um, her run as Nikki Nichols and um, orange and new black. And then her and Russian doll. Russian She's really found herself to be a superstar of, as of late. So I'm not surprised that this looks good. But like you said, anthology, kind of like anthology series, and I know this isn't quite an anthology, but it does seem to have a lot of anthology-level characters coming in and out. Looks great. If nothing else, you got to check it out for the amazing cast list because that's what caught me more than even the stuff that was on the trailer was, oh, he's in it? Damn, she's in it? Damn, he's in it? Right. They They did that trailer thing where they just went like, Person, it's a person, out, person, person, person. It's a Knives Out series, so this has got to be a part of That's their contract. Right. Rick, Rick Johnson, bro, take so a break. Working. Okay, you can take some time that's off, like, dog. It's cool. That, that's why I'm not committing to watching the whole thing is because I'm very much never disappointed with Glass Onion, so I want to see what happens here. You were at this point or you weren't? I did not like Glass Onion. I thought it was you very, did not like Glass Onion. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not doing this. No, yeah, I, thought, I didn't know. That's my favorite. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to debate I it. Was, I, I thought it was very Ocean's Twelve. I uh, I still haven't seen Glass Onion yet, so I would like to remain spoiler free on that front as well. It's it's, it's a movie I want to watch. Um, it's it's just it's it's been a fun little bit of uh, PC Tunney's been playing the role of Patrick O'Dowd on on movies in the bandwagon nerds chat lately. Between this, what about the it, other movie? Between <laughs> this and the menu, PC Tunney's been like hated it. Uh, and uh, that's just been the whole whole deal. All right, let's jump over into the horror genre. I got to talk about this. What I this is probably the most violent and bloody trailer I've seen in a really really long time. As we got a trailer for the next installment in the Evil Dead franchise, Evil Dead Rise, which Bruce Campbell, uh, Ash himself, had teased that this trailer was coming. We finally get it. It's a red band trailer. It makes no bones about being gory, bloody, and violent. There is no ash to be seen. It is just this family that looks like it's being picked off one by one by deadites as the evil presence possesses mother first. And we go from there. Probably the best line in the whole thing is little sister looking at big sister and being like, you'll be a great parent someday. You know how to lie to kids. That that was that. Tony and I are going to go see this together front row in 3D at the theater, right? So here's a funny story, right? You know, I, I mean, if it comes I, out in June, I might be there. We can do it. Oh, God. Okay, you know what? If this is in theaters and it's in 3D and when we're in the same town together, it's playing somewhere, I will go with you and see it. I hope to God that the fucking perfect storm of poor bullshit doesn't hit the Wisconsin Dells the weekend you're going to be there. 
<laughs> oh, silly. It's the funny thing. So, you know, my history on this show is I love to go out to breakfast and I love Sunday mornings, especially because I have the rundown. And I will totally read all the articles and I will watch all the previews and while I sit at the diner at the counter, you know, and uh, I don't turn the volume up so to bug other people, but I'm like, well, this is one I might not sit here and watch at the counter, right? So I didn't click it. So I got home and I was like, I made sure I gave myself enough time after I watched Doom Patrol and I went to go ahead and watch it shortly before I came on the Skype call here and since I wasn't signed into YouTube, they would not let me watch this trailer. This is a Red and, Bane trailer, yep. And I was like, you know what? I didn't really want to fucking watch this trailer anyway, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But if, but if all those things happen, I will go watch that movie with you. Fair enough. Ray, did you watch this trailer? I know I sent you the rump out and down. I don't know if you had time to check them out. So I saw the other two. I did not watch this trailer, but the reason I didn't, and I don't mean to be the... The, the the negative Nancy in this group, but I've never seen any of the Evil Dead's. I've never been any of, into any of the Evil Dead's. So wow. yeah, I know, and it feels weird because I mean I'm you're, not like I mean a you're not like Chicanado, but like I love horror stuff and horror comedy. Well, so. and, and it's so interesting because, and I, and I gotta go back and look at who's behind this. But Sam Raimi and his take on this genre, which. It's it's interesting because they're not really zombies. They're possessed people that slowly like are they're they're possessed by demons, and they just they decay because their bodies can't handle the possession. Uh, but there's a lot of magic and trickery. Like the demons can make themselves look like the the way the person was. See, the dogs are angry about this. Uh, Sorry, dogs. And so it's 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 always a because the the whole thing about the Evil Dead series is the trickery. Uh, played by the demons like whether it be uh, sort of out and out violent trying to chase after someone to pretending to be you know normal and healthy and a regular person like somehow they're okay and that's what always made ash fun as they go through the series ash as he's gone further further along he just know he, he sees through all the bullshit he never believes anything is what it is by the time he gets done uh, because he's he's lived through it so many times that it's uh it's a lot of fun it's good stuff uh however it's also not everybody's thing the thing that's really interesting about this and then the evil dead uh the first evil dead reboot that that came out a, a few years back is that this has really jumped into the horror side of it as opposed to raimi which was very strongly a horror slash campy comedic side mm -hmm. to it especially when you look at like army of darkness army of darkness is a straight up comedy like it's almost screwball comedy when, when you get down to it and um even the series the series kind of took a little bit of a darker tone but the comedy was still there this doesn't seem to have any of that and the evil dead remake uh or at least the continuation didn't seem to have any of that dave your thoughts on the evil dead franchise and this uh this take that we're seeing in this trailer yeah, the uh, the franchise as a whole, like especially the first one, I mean, is still one of the more disturbing things in horror history for me. You know, the 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 wraith, the demon in the basement. You know, in the first one, you know, coming up, pushing up the the basement door, and just that demonic face will that'll stick with you for a while. And this 
trailer had to me many more elements of the original Evil Dead to it. Like you're saying, Pat, there's nothing campy about this trailer. This is straight horror. And, you know, there there's, you know, you and I have done enough of these shows and, and, and been involved with each other for over the years enough to know that I know that there's certain imagery or depictions that will trigger the, you know, the hair standing up on the back of your neck uh, with both of us, you know, certain things that they do. This one kind of checked all those boxes for me, you know, the, the mother standing there at the door possessed, you know, the demon telling the daughter, your mother's with the maggots. Um, a lot of things about this trailer that that really screamed to me, okay, this is going back to their roots, back to the horror element. We're removing a lot of the campiness from this thing. Um, you know, Ash has got to show up at some point. It just has to. You hope so. You, you he to, was to nowhere to be seen yeah, in that trailer, though. They, they may be holding that back, but you got to figure he's going to be the, the turning point that's going to rescue this uh, this family that's clearly up against it in this trailer. But um, yeah, this is definitely one that I want to check out because this felt very much like the Evil Dead right in their wheelhouse. Um, the more horrific elements that I tend to prefer. The campiness is fun up but up to a point. But like you're saying, Army of Darkness kind of like jumps to shark with all that sort of things. Like, wow, we're totally not even trying to hide the campiness sort of thing. Um, So but I, I love this trailer. I thought very, very scary. Definitely got my attention, made me uneasy. And you want that in any sort of horror trailer with a franchise as renowned as this one. So, yeah, I'm in on this one. If Tony won't go with you, Pat, I will. So there you go. All right. I said I would go. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm on the I'm on the boo Dave. I'll boo Dave. Okay, boo Dave. <laughs> yeah, it'll feel better He's if been, I can do it. No one Take that, Dave. Son of a bitch. All right. Besties, no so more. Get, That's it. Let's let's get to the last trailer. Let's get to the last trailer on this list here. Which, God, I gotta tell you, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Uh, it's a trailer for Renfield, starring Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt playing uh, the Renfield character <laughs> in therapy is uh, not in therapy, like in, in group therapy of some sort, talking about trying to get out from under the thumb of the toxic relationship he has with his boss, Dracula, as played by Nicolas Cage. For every ounce of serious horror we got in the Evil Dead Rise trailer, this is pure humor aquafina also in the movie as well as a police officer slash uh, love interest i'm not sure what you see there at the very least uh some sort of partnership going on there this looks hilarious nicholas cage vamping it up but um ching as dracula that's right i can make bad puns um the eye roll, by the way, noble listeners, that you all didn't see right there from all three members of the bandwagon was was peak eye roll. Thank you, guys. But Nicolas Cage looked like he was having the time of his fucking life being a cheesy Dracula. I, I might see this in theaters. I might not wait for it to go on streaming. Like, I, I'm 100% in on this. This looks hilarious. What do you say, Ray Cash? Looks great. Looks hilarious. And, you know, uh, we're kind of on the verge of award season. And a lot of people are saying that Brendan Fraser has had one of the greatest comebacks in a long time. Well, can we throw a little of that love to Nick Cage? He never went away like Brendan Fraser did. But I mean, recently over the past couple of years, your boy 
has like really had some high profile and critically yes, yeah. acclaimed uh critically acclaimed roles and i i don't know how critically acclaimed this will be people i'm sure people will love it because it's going to be hilarious but mm-hmm. one thing about nick cage that unlike any i can't speak to a lot of actors who do this consistently but he commits he commits um i'm with it and nicholas holt always is a good lead for any medium you want to use i'm with it I'm with it. And by right, the way, just, someone explained to me how Aquafina keeps getting all these. She's a good actress and she's funny, but the the level of like diversity in her roles is mind boggling to me. You know what? She, clearly, she's showing some talent to get cast. So, you know, if that's yeah, I actually went back and rewatched uh, Shang Chi not too long ago. It was just like you know, she's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I watched Crazy her Rich as, Asians last night. And she right. was fun in that. You're like, hey, she's a lot of fun. I can live with it. Tony, I would ask Dave what he thinks, but somebody let the dogs out. And so the dogs are being the dogs are being managed. So your thoughts on Nicolas Cage hamming it up as Dracula in <clears throat> Renfield. It fits, right? right. It, it felt it felt right when you when you seen it, like, oh, I'm I'm Dracula. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, sure, sure. Sure, you are, or you think you are. What? Either way, it's scary. Um, uh, but yeah, I, Nicholas Holt was in uh, the menu, which I hated. Um, just had to mention. <laughs> had to get it in. He had to For get it. Sure, you knew it was coming. Um, but I fully love the way he is playing th- this character of, of Dracula's assistant Renfeld, and I, I like the difference. I like the, the the dichotomy of his passive um, personality and and subtle kind of humor, uh, as opposed to the power he has and and how he can use it as well. So I love that 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 makes for comic gold. That's why this movie is going to be interesting. Um, I'm in. I I, I want to see this one thousand percent. So yeah, if they can make it in three D. That'd be that'd be great. Dave. Looks like you have a special guest um, here on the podcast. Trying to keep him calm down. So, uh, all right. But yeah, well, they, he was really excited about Nick Cage as Dracula. Is like, that, is that what I can appreciate it. I don't know if that's what he is excited about. Probably the dog out on the street barking. But um, yeah, the trailer looks pretty good. I, I thought uh, interesting stuff. Like you're saying, the exact opposite of what we got with the Evil Dead trailer. This is all comedy. Uh, Nick Cage as Dracula. Interesting choice. So, but God love him. You know, I think he's got the talent to pull this thing off. This one, this one looks like. Is it an interesting choice? I don't know if it. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I he does everything else, so why not, right? Like, for this kind of movie, I think he's perfect for it. Like, he gets yeah. to ham it up and be ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's going to be awesome. That's in his wheelhouse. But it looks fun. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'll see this in the theaters, but, you know, I, I'm honestly more interested in the Evil Dead Rise than this one. But this one looks like a fun movie so yeah wow dave no selling nick cage is dracula <laughs> it just that evil that, dead trailer just stuck with me a little bit yeah set, you know you know which, which, between 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 these statements and your statements revol- revolving around the upcoming film megan i don't know we should trust Uh-oh. you Uh-oh. oh yeah i don't know if it's upcoming like, anymore isn't it out isn't megan out yeah uh it came out two days ago you're oh. right Hey, all I meant, all I meant by my statements was I thought it was going to be another AI gone bad movie, and I 
think I was completely off the mark on that one. So, hey, at least you're at least you're a big enough man to admit that maybe you were wrong. You know, I do it's not like lot. you're me. I do it a lot, yeah, not like you. <laughs> See, I can I can be I can be self deprecating. I, I I double down. I triple down because I'm right. I'm always right. That's why that's how this works. Okay. We're going to venture out of the trailer park. We're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we are going to do some news around the Nerdosphere because it has been a little bit since we have last talked some news. And it's kind of a hodgepodge, but it's a lot of good stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a second. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Welcome back, everyone. And I'm going to pull a, uh, I pulled a PC Tony during the commercial break. And, and um, I'm just excited. I'm going to do something I never do. Go Texans. Keep it up, fellas. Keep it up. Touchdown, Texans. 24-14. Get me my Chicago Bears, their first-round draft pick. Let's do it. Let's do it. Why first does it, pick, baby. Why does first it matter? Because you're not going to pick Bryce Young, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we don't need a quarterback. That's fine. So why would you care if you got the number one pick or the second pick? I'd want the second pick and pay, him che- pay the guy you're going to get cheaper. Because the Texans or pick you get your no first, or oh, hold up, hold up, or you get your first pick and you trade it back because we're flush with draft picks and all that stuff. Anyway, this is a complete rebuild. This is all about capital. So anyway, why we're not this, here. We're here to talk nerdy stuff. Why, we're not why here to talk like a PC Tony. You're the sports guy. You're the one that brings up the sports. No, it's because nine times out of ten when we're running this podcast, you're watching the damn Packers and fucking gesticulating while you're watching sports, all excited and frustrated at the same time. And when the Texans scored their touchdown, Patrick Dowd went fist pump. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, now you get it. Now you get it. What I don't get is the newest rumor surrounding the James Bond franchise, which is that, by the way, let's talk about names that get rumored for everything while we talk about this particular news story. But current word on the street is that the new front runner, and this is according to avclub.com, Aaron Taylor Johnson, future, I mean, future actor connected to everything, I sounds like, is now being rumored as the next James Bond. This is after a, reportedly having a promising meeting with James Bond producer, God, greatest name ever, Barbara Broccoli. Um, that's how I'm going to pronounce it, even if that's not how it's pronounced, because it's pronounced, that, it's spelled broccoli. Is that? I'm not bro- even making bro- this up. Is that Broccoli Rob's mom? I don't know. Are we chopping broccoli? Uh, but anyway. I believe, it, I believe it's chopping broccoli. It is. She chopping. She chopping. So, let's, let's, okay, British dude in his 30s. That seems to be the, uh, the, the, the expectation for casting for a James Bond guy. Here's the thing. I have nothing against Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think he is a very, very fine actor. He is going to be in the uh, Craven the Hunter movie such as that is. We'll um, leave those opinions off to the side. You know, he's been in Bullet Train. He's being reported now. Kick ass. Yeah, he's been around forever. 
This is the new one. So let's Eric Taylor Johnson, James Bond. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Do we care? Ray Cash, your thoughts. I'm, I'm, I, I will I jump in first because I'm quite a fan of Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think he's a tremendous actor. Now, is he top level? No, but he's right in that second tier. But he's, I don't understand the gravitas he brings that allows him to continue to get these roles. It's weird to me. And again, I'm not trying to dis- discount his talent or nor discount his ability to help a movie succeed. He's shown he can do it to a certain level. So I'm not doing that. But it's weird that, like you alluded to, so many of these roles that seemingly on its on, on its face make no sense for him, he ends up being like up for it. So the people who were up who were rumored for this before were people like Idris Elba, people like Reggae uh Reggae John Paul, people like um Dave's uh husband. Uh, Henry Cavill, um, people like that. And you look at those three, and you look at Aaron Taylor Johnson, and the only similarity is British. I mean, he's he's <laughs> right. He's bulked up a lot since the kick-ass days. He has. I give him credit for that. Cause, well, and, and he had to for the Craven the Hunter, like sure. set picture, set pictures sure. for that. You can see he's he's pretty buff. But even in but James Bond does he, he had a good little. Off. He looked good in that suit, even in Bullet Train. Yeah, Daniel Craig wasn't buff at all. He was ripped, but he wasn't buff. Well, neither was, but neither was Sean Connery. Neither was Roger Moore. Neither was uh, none of them. Have Pierce Brosnan, like David yeah, Lazenby. Absolutely. Like even David Lazenby in his one role, like it kind of all looked like your middle aged dad, except for Sean Connery. Like he looks sexy. Daniel Craig is in that. the best shape of any of them by far. Right. This absolutely. is true. This is very true. So, uh, but he doesn't. I hate this. I hate this about this particular role, but I mean, Bond may be the longest consistent role we have in film right now. Um, but I don't. When I think of him, I don't think of Bond, and I think that's important when you think of an actor. You can be like, yeah, I get it. I don't see it with him. And I have no doubt. When you watch the movie. The movies will be good, but. Daniel Craig just feels like Bond. And maybe it's because he did it for five movies. Maybe I'm biased because of the I mean, it's it's like a lot of stuff, right? And some of it's a little generational. Like I was sure. raised on I was raised on Roger Moore James Bond movies for the longest time. He looks like a Bond. Just looks like, like well, let's let's call a spade a spade. It's a it's a British white dude. <laughs> like sure. British white dude. Like no, that's that's what the rule has always been. And no, that's, like, but there's a demeanor, though, don't you think? There's like a sure, sure, a, a, and, you a know, physical and, demeanor and and and, and je ne sais quoi. Like, right, like when Timothy Dalton got it over Pierce Brosnan the first time, it was a big surprise because Pierce Brosnan had basically been playing a James Bond character in Remington Steel, mm-hmm. and, and then didn't get the role, and it was like this big shock and surprise. I don't I don't know Aaron Taylor Johnson as a as an actor or a character well enough to know one way or the other. I'm kind of I'm kind of neutral. I'm not a big like get out of my way to see the next James Bond movie guy. Like I didn't watch any of the Daniel Craig ones until they were all done. And then I watched them all in order as sort of a, a streaming thing. But uh, Dave, get in here. What's your thoughts on this casting rumor uh, for the next uh, for the next Bond and Aaron Taylor Johnson? 
Well, I think like uh, like the article says, he checks all the boxes that you're looking for with with Bond, and um, but that's really you know you're you're talking that could be said about several people. They mentioned somebody else in the article. I don't remember the name, um, but I, I mean, yeah, I I guess I, I guess I can see it, but I could say the same thing about several people. Um, I I don't know. I, I'm not sure why he's getting why he's getting such a big look for this role. Uh, he doesn't seem to fit the mold, but maybe, but, um, yeah, the only thing I can say is yeah, young, white, British, um, good looking guy in good shape, good acting skills. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he works. I, he's not, he's not who I, I mean, I would still rather see Idris Elba do it. I think he would be the the best choice of anything, but, um, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, why is this guy rising to the forefront over him? So I don't know. But he does check a few of the boxes Tony, that they might be looking for. Tony, your thoughts. I I'd be okay if he got it. I'd be I'd be okay if Idris got it. Um I'd rather see somebody that's completely unknown that can play the role excellent. And it's just like it's like a it's it's like it's almost like this franchise kind of needs a palate cleanser, you know, and, and the palate cleanser is you taking the first dozen to 20 minutes of the movie to get used to this person being bond. But in that time you grow, it grows on you, you know, and, and that's where the, this, this next movie is going to be big. Like, do we know who's directing it already? No, no, we just know the producer. So to me, I would assume that maybe whoever's going to be playing Bond is also going to be very much linked to whoever's directing this next set of movies, because I don't think you're getting a one-off here. I think you're trying to find someone to do the next three to five. And to me, that's an, a younger, unknown person that can really make themselves with this role where we can get comfortable with them not having known anything else. And, and to your point, Tony, about a palate cleanser, my favorite thing about the last Bond movie Daniel Craig did was that he wasn't 007 anymore. LaShawn and Lynch was. And that was such a change to me. From I'm, okay with a, I'm okay with a female 007. So can I ask you one question? I, I, I know I'm going off, off turn here. I'm sorry if we can make it quick. But I've always perceived the idea of James Bond as that's not his real name. That's a code name. Just like 007 is. Right. Do you think you guys personally, your opinions, do you think that James Bond should be the person's name or the code name? And consequently, do you think much like other characters? We've had this conversation before that James Bond, the character has to it, it the necessity of it has to be a white male. I don't think so. That's just what's it has always to, been cast as. I think James Bond is. It's James Bond and your agent 007, right? Your name is James Bond and your agent 007. So I think it should be a male. Like, not a lot of females are called sure. James. Sure, sure. Um, just uh, that's my opinion. And and I don't really care what color you are. And I really don't care if you're uh, heterosexual or bisexual or transsexual. I just so nothing know that matters other than the gender. I just know that it's a male. It's. It's yeah. supposed to, it, 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 I feel like it is, unless it's, you know, but that's just no, kind of like what I it seems like the character to me. I, if you know what, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a female. Like it's a, it, it's not actually James. It's, 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 um, Jamie. Jameson. 
or whatever, you know, or, or right. Jamie or whatever, you know, that whatever. I don't care. But like Bond and, and Jay and James is fine. I need I need the name. All right. So here's the, here's the thing. Um, it, it is until it isn't right. Like that's that's basically how it'll go. And here's the thing is the second that James Bond is not or as 007 is cast as anything other than white male British dude. We'll, we'll go through the same rigmarole, but it won't hurt the character. It won't hurt the stories that they're trying to tell. It won't hurt the show. It's a fucking spy show. It's a it's a spy movie. Like there's and there's plenty of other stories well, that can it, be told. It can only help. It can only help. It broadens the the well, story. Oh yeah, stuff. absolutely. Sure, I, but I there are some characters. There are some characters that should be white. Steve Ro- Steve Rogers could never be anything other than a a blonde haired blue eyed white dude because that's the heart of the sure. character. But. Plenty of people have been Captain America if we're if we're going to go exactly. that way. So I see what yeah. you're so, saying. Well, yeah, I think like, she, that's she, not that's not how people are. Jay, it could be Jay Bond, uh, the daughter of James Bond, who could be any ethnicity ethnicity you wanted it to be, half white, half anything else. If you wanted to stick with James Bond being a white guy, well, I think like James Bond, the name that character probably needs to be white British dude. 007 can be anything. And and like okay. you guys were saying, that's well, it was in the last one. Yeah, exactly. I, I think 007 is 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 broad enough that it's not going to get pigeonholed. Like like if you say Steve Rogers, you say Clark Kent, you say Bruce Wayne, you say James Bond, something leaps to your mind. That's going to be kind of hard to get around. But 007, that could be anything, anybody. So I'm gonna, I'm going to say this one more time. It don't fucking matter if you drop the name. Second, somebody other than a white British dude is cast as 007. People are going to complain that suddenly yeah. this shit's too woke yeah. and blah blah blah. And I, yeah. by the way, those people are mis- and those people are miserable people. I'm What's okay that? with there being a non-white James Bond. I am too. I'm I'm but, but fine with there being a Patrick non-male James be a problem, Bond. But it yeah. it doesn't matter how they do it. It's gonna it's this is what we live in today. We can't even elect a speaker of the house without a bunch of right wing nut jobs uh, raising the stink and keeping it from going. The way that it needs to go. And before you all argue about politics, it's right wing nut jobs that are a problem here with this two woke bullshit. So shut the fuck up. All right. We are going to cut out the next story. Why? I, you guys really want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons video games? Sure. Like if you really want to, the only we can, but I'm, the only part of that we that know I you want to, and we love you. Hold so on. this is this is a new loving tunny for the, the new year. The only part about but, that but article. But I'm okay with not. The only part about okay. that article I care about, Pat, is that Baldur's Gate looks like it's going to leave early access in August. I'm cool with that. Right. Everything else, yeah, I it's care. yeah, nobody cares because it's all about Dungeons and Dragons fantasy properties that nobody really around this bandwagon are probably overly familiar with, if at all. So I am okay with moving on and talking about a subject that we love to talk. No, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. In the interest of time and in the interest of this podcast. I think there's a better discussion to be had amongst the four of us if we talk about James Gunn and the interview slash tweet that was posted talking about the future of the DC uh, the DCU and its sort of long-term plan and one Ezra Miller because God knows we love talking about Ezra Miller and a report from Variety from an article shared by Dave claims that some executives at Warner Brothers Discovery were reportedly open to keeping Ezra Miller on as The Flash after the actor has stayed out of trouble since starting mental health treatment. Now, J. 
James Gunn, in response to somebody asking about his comment on this report, this report also had something about there's only a slate of three years worth of projects for the DCU. James Gunn responded directly, I don't know what's out there about Ezra, but our slate is eight to ten years. But we will only be announcing some of it this month. Which, by the way, that's kind of exciting to see that we're going to get some DC announcements in January. Like, let's take that nugget for what it is that he just sort of slips in there at the end as he talks about an eight to ten year slate. Ezra Miller. Now, we have spoken at length on this show, as Tony sits here with his flash shirts, representing the brand, that we have, we have questioned how this movie has not been announced as dropped from the Warner Brothers Discovery plan since the merger, while so many other DC projects have been dropped, scrapped, most famously the Batgirl movie that was you know basically done and yet will never see the light of day, We've learned that Wonder Woman 3 is never going to see the light of day. Sure sounds like Aquaman 3 is not going to happen, or if it does, it'll be interesting. Yo, Aquaman 2 happens. might not even come out at this point. Or Aquaman 2, sorry, not 3. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but like all this other stuff has been sort of like cast to the side, and yet the one thing that won't go away is the Ezra Miller Flash movie. Dave, the fuck? Yeah, I thought... Um... I thought Gunn's response was smart, which was basically not committing to anything about Ezra Miller saying, I don't know what the hell's out there. You know, Variety's saying something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't. I Ezra, I mean, I guess everybody gets a second chance and maybe we've been too hard on the guy. Maybe he did have some mental issues that were really messing him up. And maybe he, Ray, stop giving me the rock's eyebrow. I'm just saying that. Here's the thing. But Dave, how many second chances does the fucker get, know, man? But, but let's be let's also go the, to the next direction. We don't know if he got any sort of treatment before. We don't know if he ever committed to getting any sort of treatment. So maybe this is helping him, and maybe it is going to make a difference. Yes, we're all skeptical about that, and I get that. But they have invested a lot with this guy. But yeah, when you look at it, to me, looking at this, like all the people from the Snyderverse who've been dropped, and you're going to keep this guy? That kind of screams a little something's not stirring the Kool-Aid right. But lost in all that, the big thing, I don't know if you wanted to split this up between Ezra and the DC Slate discussion, um, but yeah, eight to ten years of DC stuff coming out. That's... Yeah, I, I started, I started. see, I asked you about Ezra Miller right. and said, the fuck. All right. And, and because, because you know, I, I, I was intentional. Okay. Like, I know you like to do that thing where you just sort of do the whole thing when I only ask you about part of the thing. And that's mm -hmm. cool. That's no. cool. That's who you are. I don't listen um, to you that much, but that's okay. Nobody listens to me. I speak into the void. On this podcast. The great feud, O'Dowd and Unger. That's been feuding for you know, years. <laughs> three, it's three plus years in the making, everybody. All right. Tunny, Ezra Miller. But why, though? I, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. You're asking the wrong right. guy to be logical on this. All I want to talk about is how Stephen Amell is going to be on the last season of Flash right now. But we can talk about this. Um, I I think maybe there's something they really want to use from this moving forward. Like that that does that seems logical, right? To kind of think about that, considering it's too expensive to reshoot. Although they'd like to reshoot, but they can't. Um, so they have him and while he's behaving, 
you think they want to move forward with him, I think you're mis- I think you're kidding yourself. I think they're just kind of putting out these good vibes um, so that they make as much money off of it as possible. I don't think I don't think Ezra Miller will be the Flash in any way, shape, or form under James Gunn and his version of the DCU. That's my opinion. That's my hope. If it is, it is. He's not. He does a good job playing the character. I, I, I've enjoyed his work. I just, I don't, uh, I don't know. I just can't, I can't get behind him. Ray? So the Flash movie was supposed to be essentially a version of Flashpoint. And if that's the reason why they won't scrap the movie, that makes sense only because you can use that as your reset. That is the perfect launching point to have a reset that doesn't just look like and you if you've ever watched uh, I don't know if your moms or you or your grandma ever made you watch the the uh stories like Young and the Restless, the soap operas, and Monday well, is played by this guy, but Tuesday, the role of Victor Newman will be played by this guy. <sighs> At least Flashpoint gives it a reason to be a different character, number one. That's that's funny. Um, number two, just like y'all said. Of all the people, I'm not even gonna call the Snyder first. Of all the people DC hired to play the roles, Henry Cavill encapsulates a Superman looks and ideology. Ben Affleck encapsulated old man Batman perfectly. Gal, I can, with all respect to Linda Carter, who was great in the role back in the days. Gal was a fantastic Wonder Woman. All the even Jason Momoa changed the character for. Uh, um, Aquaman. All the people, and you're like, nah, son, we don't need y'all. But you keep Ezra, and he's a good Barry, and he's a good Flash, but that's the one. To the point about his mental health issues, I'll give you credit on one thing, Dave. I want to see anybody get the help that they need. I'm for him getting for them. I apologize, getting the help that they need, 100, percent 1,000 percent. But just because they're getting the help that they need doesn't mean that they earn the right or they deserve the right to still keep the job that they so blatantly put in danger. And I'm going to give you a person that reminds me of the same situation. Josh Gordon in the NFL. Josh Gordon could have been a Hall of Fame receiver. He was that good, but continued failing drug tests. Now, his issue wasn't coke. His issue wasn't heroin. He just went straight off the weed. We know weed ain't a big deal. Weed's legal in most of the country now. But it's not the fact that he just wouldn't stop smoking the weed. It's the fact that he kept getting popped. So he kept getting kicked out of the league and coming back and kicked out and coming back. And you keep asking yourself, how does dude keep getting hired? I don't care how talented he is. He will not pass a drug test. And now homies in the XFL. So, like, how many chances do you give somebody before they show you who they are? And Ezra has shown us who they are. So get him the help he needs. If I'm D.C., if I'm Peter Safran and James Gunn, I'm pulling the Vince McMahon and putting that man in re- putting that person in rehab as long as he they need to be. Happily. We'll pay for that. But you're never gonna play this role again. So yeah, I here's the thing is, Dave, I love that you said, oh, um Gunn's statement is kind of non-committal. I think it's non-committal because the movie's getting released. Like, I, I think it's happening. Like I just I the way that reads I agree. I agree. It strikes me that of all the films, and again, I don't think it makes any goddamn sense. Uh, Honestly, you want to know something? I think I'm going to not watch it unless it's consequential. Always going to be consequential, Tony. Trust me. 
that's, well, that's the other, and that was, and that was the other part of it is like I don't, I don't think you don't release this movie, uh, or I don't think you release this movie if it doesn't have a point and a purpose. Yep. And and so I, whatever that point and purpose is, we'll we'll wait and see, and whether that's we talk about it via social media or what, who knows how that'll all come out. Who knows when it? Have we even got a release date on this thing? Is there a release date? It's this year. This year. Well, this year, but there's not been like, you know, June 2023, right? Have we seen a date yet? Like somebody want to effort that while we talk about it? Sure. July July Um, 6th. So let's start. Let's get to the other part, though. What is it? June 16th. June 16th is when it is allegedly hitting theaters. Eight to ten month plan. I don't know that that. It, I don't know what to make plan. of this story. Year plan. Eight to ten years. Or eight to ten year plan. All right, yes, yes, yes. Okay, everybody's catching me on my semantics. You got me. Uh, I was just trying to make no, sure no, I wouldn't. No, yeah, I wasn't no, Dave, 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 Dave jumped in. Tony, do you want to let me know that it's eight to ten years as well, too, please, so I can be super defensive to you, too? Is it eight to ten, is it eight to ten years? I think it's eight to ten years. Thank you. Thank I mean, you if they want out. to release everything in eight to ten months, that'd be awesome. But No, like we're this, getting too much content. Like That's Disney, in the big... Hey, here's the next 17 years of Disney, everybody, in the next 47 minutes. Hold my beer. Okay. (laughs) Eight to 10 month plan, or eight to 10 year plan. God damn it. You know. (laughs) Eight eight to 10 year plan. Give you double shit now. (laughs) Sure. Give me double shit. You do you. Howard Um, the Duck's a DC character. Sorry. Yes, he is. Right, Tony? He can be whatever I want him to be. Fair enough. Okay. Eight to ten year plan. I it makes sense. Like I, I, I guess it, I was surprised by how not surprised I was by that statement. Because it in the sense of a model of what you're trying to build, you should have a, a big plan for it. And that's what happened with Marvel once they realized that they could actually do this, is that it turned into an eight to ten year plan that resulted in you know, culminating at Endgame. So that's the model James Gunn, James Gunn knows. That's the model James Gunn saw worked. Why wouldn't it be the model that he wants to pursue? So ton of sense on my part um, to see that and not particularly surprising. Tony, were you surprised by an 8 to 10 year plan being what James Gunn put out there? No, because you got to think he wouldn't have signed on for anything less than you know six to eight years right i mean that's that's not a long time considering how long it takes them to make these things right you can't just i mean and even if you can make it you have all the resources and everybody's schedule meshes up for who you want and you you have the money to do it you still have the press tour you need to do before everything can hit where it's got to hit. Right. So not surprised, kind of happy, kind of glad that that's kind of what they knew that they were embarking on and where they're working from. Right. It's always good to know that they're starting at the point where they know they want to end. They're not starting on something that's three to five years, but it ends up being 10 to 12. Right. That, that can be kind of discombobulated. So it's encouraging, I would say, very much so. And I think even more so thinking about it, Ray's point of this flashpoint reset makes a lot of sense, where they can just go, 
here was everything you just saw, and, well, this means now anything goes. So, we'll see. Dave, now you may talk about the second half of this conversation. <laughs> I think it, I just, I think that you got to give James Gunn credit for being smart for a lot of the reasons you said, Pat, that coming out saying eight to ten years is going to resonate with all the MCU fans who are going to say, yeah, I remember that's how long the MCU was. So it just it immediately connects the dots for people who've been screaming for DC continuity for five years now. Um, and, and just hearing that number is going to tell them he's committed. He's got a long term plan. He's got a long term vision. There's a story that he's going to wrap around. He's going they really are going to now mimic the MCU in just about every way. So I thought very smart announcement to make. We'll see what they do with it. I tend to agree with you guys that, yeah, if if, if the Flash is going forward and all indications are that it is, even if Gunn's not going to commit to Ezra Miller, sounds like he's committing to the movie, sort of, um, then yeah, the Flashpoint scenario makes the most sense as a convenient way to reset everything and not completely just say, yeah, everything that happened in the Snyderverse, forget it completely, in case someday they do want to bring these characters back in some former fashion so again they're doing a lot of things smart right now and that and for you know to say dc and smart in the same sentence is certainly uplifting ray eight to ten year dcu plan per james gunn your thoughts so the, the interesting thing to me what everybody's saying people we're all acting like this is some novel idea that we're proud of them finally having but they had the same idea from the very beginning the problem was that the guy who was running that plan had to leave, and then all the problems came from that. But when they first started, they had maybe not eight to ten, but they had a five plus year plan. The problem with the plan that's not the only problem besides Snyder's daughter and everything that happened. They also tried to put the cart before the put the cart before the horse in that we're not gonna build to anything. We're gonna start off and then build off of what we started. So I'm hoping that James Gunn, being the guy that he knows, being that he's been an integral part of the MCU, knows, well, let's let's build to something before we we can't start with WrestleMania can't be the first show of the year. It's got to be the last show. Doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Um, So I think it's smart, but I think it's what they were already planning to do is just they didn't have the right people in in place to do it correctly. Bigger question to me, not bigger, maybe Secondary question to me is we know that they're going to try to, at least from what he said in his correspondence, merge everything in some form or fashion and have some continuity along DC TV, DC animated and DC movies. Does that include the Elseworld stuff? Does that include the Joker universe with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Does that include the Batman universe, Robert Pattinson? Are we putting all of that in the same world? Are we going to focus? Is our flashpoint going to make, is the ideology of the DCU going to be based on flashpoint, the multiverse, or are we going to stick with one continuity? That's what I want to know. That's the more interesting thing to me because since DC was fucking up so happily, you got all these different things. And to Tony got the shirt on the flash flashpoint, Flash went on the show. The Flash showed how many different worlds and universes that it had. So if we're gonna have some continuity, you gotta start there. Are we on Earth One? Are we on Earth Five? Are we do? Are we gonna be on Earth One, Two, Three, Four, and Five at the same time? 
So Ray, right, you're you're asking questions that James Gunn hasn't shown a hand to, and this absolutely, is, yeah. This is this is the thing about this podcast, and just about every other podcast like it, and every other website like ours, or like uh, like IO9 or The Nerdist or all this. There's there's a lot of unanswered stuff that's going on with James Gunn right now, and where DC is going, and we also have to remind ourselves like we're what three months into this role for James Gunn. So I'd be interested to know what they've put forward as a framework. We don't know. And hopefully this month we actually get answers to some of your questions as to at least what, like we, we still know blue beetles on. We Mm -hmm. still know the flash is on. We haven't heard him be very committal about where the Batman fits. We haven't heard him be very committal about anything with the Joker. He made like a sort of, Shazam 2 Shazam's is for sure coming, coming out. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, I, there be, were new posters released not too long ago. It'd be wild if they scrapped Aquaman 2, given that the entire movie's already done. But the Batgirl says hi. And yeah, but that's not as high profile. Aquaman 2 is going to be I agree. Batgirl I agree. was on HBO. I so, agree. But you're right. Uh, you know, what, been said. But he also, you know, he also killed The Rock and killed <laughs> Henry Cavill. And so I, well, he facts, and. All facts. And, yeah, well, like so you just don't know. Like we just Henry, don't know. Let me throw this. Henry Cavill's never coming back, but well, let me throw don't this say out. Black Adam never be the Rock again. You know, let me throw this out to you guys. If they are going to make Flashpoint Paradox the reset, don't be surprised to see Aquaman and Flash swap places as far as the release calendar goes. I could see that happening because that would make sense. Then you could bring Aquaman two up and then do Flashpoint as the reset. Well, dude, well, dude, if you're going to do that, you need to do that soon. Yeah. Well, it's not only June, that, it's January 8th. But if you believe the rumors give, that are even furthered and propagated by James Gunn and uh, Jason Moore himself, Homie might that. believe in Aquaman to play Lobo. So if you're going to do that, yeah. would and he's it behoove you to release Aquaman too? Well, he was much more perfect for Lobo, but I appreciated how he gave. A, Aquaman would have died had you put, no offense, a blonde haired white dude to play Arthur Curry. It would have died. It wouldn't yeah. have worked. True. No, no offense to. I'm not trying to be offensive. Chris Hemsworth. That That's would the only one who would have well, worked. Well, it Aquaman already is underwater Thor. That what? That's See, Patrick's word, right? It's all full circle. So. It is. It's absolutely underwater Thor. Cool. We'll probably learn more later this month, and we'll be right here on this podcast to re- react to it later this month. All right. Bringing to a close the never-ending saga that is the Warner Brothers Discovery merger, and in particular the seemingly nonsensical cutting and removing of content from HBO Max right after the new year, HBO Max basically quietly removed 16 seasons of classic Looney Tunes shorts so me and you know there's so you know many seasons there are though there are over a thousand looney tune shorts that exist out there like, there's that, like that they put and yeah there's like there's what, a, 70 seasons 80 seasons we, 90. we had well, the same you, conversation you, with uh sesame street remember okay so hi i was gonna oh, i have time. thoughts and you all are cutting me off sorry 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 we're excited we're excited <laughs> You You're all ready to jump in. We're applauding you with our words. You picked a great topic. Sure. And I'm going to let you all jump in and talk to. This This isn't Nom. There are rules. Uh, anyway, 
So what's fascinating for me with Warner Brothers Discovery and HBO Max and, and this this particular decision, which currently now there are somewhere in the neighborhood of around 250 or so Warner Brothers, um, Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes, sort of classic cartoon shorts still on HBO Max. Like, of all the things that are Warner Brothers, like of all the things that are Warner Brothers on this Warner Brothers you know, it's supposed to be like Warner Brothers centric streaming service. Nothing is more Warner Brothers than movie. And to cut this down to a quarter of, of basically the classic Looney Tunes content out there, and that's that's the classic Looney Tunes content. I haven't really done a deep dive. I know some of the newer stuff. I don't know where those shorts are and those seasons and where they fit in, if they've been cut or, or anything like that. It may not even be that big a deal to to the folks around this this panel, but it does. Like, what is going on with the decisions that are getting made to remove this content? Whether it be the Sesame Street content, whether it be this, which to me should be a flagship sort of thing that just should be there forever, and yet it seems like there's somebody sitting with a dartboard just sort of chucking. Oh, today we're going to get rid of 250 episodes of of Looney Tunes cartoons and they're not even the racist ones like because that, that's the other thing is about half of the content that they could put out there that exists will never see the light of day again because it's horribly horribly racist horribly horribly racist so that that was my initial thought um clearly Tony and Ray had some strong thoughts about it we'll let Ray go no we'll let Tony go first this time um Tony go ahead share your thoughts and then we'll go to Ray next when did you share this? Because I firmly believe either that day or the Tuesday. day before, I I had been watching on HBO Max very sad Looney Tunes content and noticed that seasons were gone. Spock's honor, um, like, and you know what? There was still way too much to scroll through. And I'm a huge fan of this, and there's a lot of really good shit on there. And I think I probably watched it for like maybe an hour, hour and fifteen minutes or so, and then I turned it off because you get it gets old after a little bit. You're you're an adult. You're not you know you know seven eight years old anymore. But it's still funny. It's still good. You can still recognize the comedic genius. As far as the big picture goes, I've been saying it for a long time. Whoever's doing whatever they're doing is short selling the shit out of whatever they're doing. They're trying to make this company seem as worthless as possible because they're getting money on the other side for selling it for cheap. Uh, that's what's happening. Somebody's selling it to themselves. That's what's going on. Does that make sense? Right. No. Yeah, I understand. And that's, I mean, that's long been the speculation. Of, I'm saying of that for almost a year. Back, so. Yeah. Ray, your your thoughts on this and then just sort of the general direction of this content that seems to keep coming and going. Well, it's stupid. It's just really, really stupid. And it I, I don't speak corporate speak, forgive me. But if there's a corporate term for this, someone correct me, please. But it the the term we use in regular life is like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like this isn't affecting, there's too many Looney Tunes seasons, episodes for this to really make a difference. But the fact that it's happening, it's just horrible press for you at a time when everything coming out of your company is shitty press. So it's so weird. The only thing I could think from my IT background is do they need the bandwidth for the site? Because it's stupid, just like with Sesame Street. 
Like, we all, when we first read the article, we all were upset because Sesame Street is an institution. But when you looked at it, you're like, well, it's really like maybe, what, 5% of the catalog? But the fact that it's an article makes you, just like we did with, initially with Sesame Street, Sesame Street, get you incensed. Because you get it, it. this is shit we all grew up with, right? So it, it hits you in the feels. And it's just stupid. And it just goes to show how shitty they run this damn company. Because if there was a big deal, it, I don't understand why companies don't give reasons for shit. Because even if it's a shitty reason, you're giving me a reason. But when you do stuff like that, it's almost like the fucking Mayflower Company taking the coast out of Baltimore. Tell me why. Don't do it in the middle of the night and make it seem shady as fuck. Tell me why. You're still pissed about that, huh, Ray? Well, I don't give a fuck. Fuck Indiana. Indianapolis. <laughs> anyway, we, they, the, we they, they have fucked my bears, by the way. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, thanks for nothing, Lovey. Thanks for nothing, Lovey. Anyway. Uh, Looks like hey, to you. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. We already got in trouble once. Yeah. Don't do it. I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I mean, I think like everything you guys are saying, like, like what Tony's saying is, is, is they're almost trying to devalue themselves, which you can't even say that they're setting them up for a merger. Because you usually want to merge it's two companies who are kind of like one is, you know, clearly more financially affluent than the other one, but I don't, you know, you just had a merger. So unless they're looking to try and sell off to some bigger entity to like Amazon or, or Disney or, or Netflix or something like that, I, I don't even know if you could say bigger. Uh, I don't get the strategy as far as intentionally devaluing your profile. So it's not insider trading. I mean, what Tony's saying is insider trading, basically saying I'm selling it to myself. I'm selling off these assets to myself to create something but otherwise yeah i don't get the rhyme or reason there seems to be no logical focus as to what they are cutting uh, pat your idea of uh, the dartboard seems as logical as anything it's nxt spin the wheel make the deal who are we cutting this week jimmy you know that sort of thing i you know i exactly and, uh, right and, and I, maybe i'm just in the same camp as ray here when it comes to i if there was something that showed like show me the data like is it that what we're removing is the same thing with the Sesame Street. Like, if you're removing content that's not being viewed on your platform, and so it's not making sense to keep it on your platform, I hate that reason because I like it, but I at least get it. Uh, it's the same thing when we were talking about, you know, they just made the decision to drop some of their most known HBO original properties. We talked about this where whether it was Deadwood or yes, uh, Westworld, Westworld uh, like these these properties that did quite well with HBO. Like if they were like, look, we know you love these shows, but nobody's watching them, so why keep them? Or we're not going to keep them, or we're going to license them out somewhere else so we can make a profit off them in a different way. I could live with that explanation, but this is just being done like clandestine in the dead of night just out of nowhere one day and honestly sure as long as i can still see what's opera doc i'm probably gonna be fine if i can still catch uh, the uh transylvania 3x 5000 or whatever it is where bugs bunny gets stuck in the hotel with the vampire and turns him into a bat Doug Dodgers in space Doug Dodgers Bar in space 
Doc Dodgers in the in the twenty first and or twenty third and a half century. The yeah, Barber of Deville. Like all those stuff. Yeah, all of those like super famous, you know, famous ones and cat classics, and you know, and let's say that they want to continue to cut it further, and they just do like the classics. Maybe they have like a a Coyote and Roadrunner block that's there of the hit. Like if it becomes like a Looney Tunes shorts greatest hits, because those are the things people will keep going back to and watching, and they can find another way to monetize the the other shorts you know it's a business more power to you find a way to do it but it just it, like there's nothing coming out about the rhyme or reason as to why this stuff is getting cut and dropped so, and so it leads you to speculation one thing comes to mind and it's really out of out of left field and and it's just disney has a vault they can bring stuff in and bring stuff out and it's a big deal maybe they're trying to create something where they have their content that they have and sometimes it's here sometimes it's not i i that's just a that's a reach and a stretch by any imagination and trying to put a positive spin on it but that's the only positive thing i can think of if it wasn't core that, content i could see that oh, but this, this is core content that they're cutting so is so is a lot of the you know classic cartoon movies that made disney that that they use that on so i i don't know I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's that, but I'm just saying one positive thing to maybe put out there. I, I don't know. Well, I, and again, if that's the case, this goes away if so, if they just say that's the case, right? Like, and that's one of those things that, again, and maybe they maybe they will, maybe they won't. Like, and you market the shit out of it. Like, this is what we're doing. Um, we're just not, we're not getting that. And it's it's crazy. And I think it's hilarious because, again, we know... HBO Max at the very least is going to undergo some changes before the end of this year. Yet, if you hop on any of your social media streams and you have HBO Max, fucking, I get a Twitter ad for HBO Max to subscribe to HBO Max, maybe like every other Twitter ad. Like, mm -hmm. it is an inundation. And yet, we all know that what is happening isn't happening. Like, it's, it's weird. It just, that's the thing. Like I said, just, doesn't appear to to have any level of structure or direction you know we just got done talking about the good that we see out of james gunn and what he's doing with dc and yet we've got this new head honcho with warner brothers and discovery overseeing this merger and it doesn't seem like he's it just seems like everything is being done just to be done and i i get it those people make more money than we do to make those decisions. I'm not saying we deserve an explanation, but it sure shooting would help. Wouldn't it? Like it just would help. We deserve so, some of that money you're talking about, Pat. I'm just throwing that out there. Totally. I <laughs> should, I should buy some stocks. All right. I think that's as good a place as any. We're coming up on the two hour mark here for bandwagon nerds. Uh, before we get out of here though, gentlemen, good conversations today. Uh, really enjoyed the chats. Let's do a quick one once around remind everybody where they can find you out there in the interwebs and on the this week we will start with the lawyer himself mr david ungar you can find me on twitter at attitude ag that is at attitude agg and on facebook.com forward slash attitude of aggression i'm going to roll counterclockwise and go to the reverend himself ray cash 
good to be back, Mr. Gentleman. Um, I got to remember how to do this shit. It's been a while. Um, I, my Twitter is at It's Ray Cash. I still think. Um, yeah, you can follow me if you want. Don't really care, but I'll take it. Um, and yeah, what else? What, what else am I supposed to say? R E Y is in Mysterio. See, I, see, I really legitimately forgot that. Okay, uh, you can find me at It's Ray Cash, R E Y is in Mysterio, C A S H as in them dollars. Thank you. I forgot my own shit. Forgot my own shit. There you go, Mr. Saturday Night. Oh, yes, when, sir. Does Saturday, when does Saturday Night Live, did Saturday Night Live start a new season? This, no, today? not this yet, week? not yet. Next week? Uh, probably not. They usually don't come back sometimes till February. But it, No, it's going to be I, at the end I, because Michael B. Jordan and Lil Baby. So at the end of the month. Last Saturday of the month? I think so. We miss you, Cecily. Hey. That shit hurt. I will let you know. That is for sure. Um, you can follow me at PC Tunney. Everything Chair Shot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Just search Chair Shot Radio Network. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. Get it in oh, soft style. Oh, forgot to do that, yeah. Get in soft style for five bucks because it, because it feels soft. It's simple as five, that. Five, five bucks more. Not, not five bucks. You don't get a soft style shirt for five dollars. You get it in soft style for five bucks. You get the shirt regular price, but you get the soft style for the five bucks, is what he's saying. But just uh, go buy shit. Just I see, buy I shit. see. Okay, just go to the go damn website, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. It's all my fault. It's been two weeks since we've done a, a recording, so uh, I'll, I'll take the hit on that one. You can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Also, be sure to follow the podcast. We have a Twitter account here as well, at Bandwagon Nerds, just as it's sold. Happy three-year anniversary to us. There's some confetti on the on the Twitter. We'll stay on Twitter until that site burns itself to the ground. We'll enjoy every moment of occasionally tweeting. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chairshot Radio Network. Monday with the bandwagon on bandwagon nerds tuesdays david ungar and i are talking hockey or music depending on the time of year with chair shot radio and then on wednesdays i'm hanging out with craig demarco talking wrestling on the greg demarco show that's going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds so get yourself out of the basement get some sun and then watch all the content you can on hbo max while you can because god knows when it'll be there next week you have been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com.
What about you, Vicky? I mean, have you just never had one with Kevin, or have you never had one, period? I've had one. I think. Okay. That's a no. Right, no wonder you're not psyched about sex. You tell me you never even had one manually? I've never tried it. You never double-clicked your mouse? <laughs> think so? Sure, she likes you. Well, I like her too. Do you love her? Um, you know what? Y you can't really ask me that. Well, if you want to get her in the sack, I mean, just tell her you love her. That's how I was duped. Look, Jessica, I, I don't want to dupe her. All right. What you need to do is learn how to press a girl's buttons. You have to give her what she's never had. What's that? Let me give you a hint. Oh, Kev. Hmm. Yeah. Comprende? You mean an orgasm? You got it, stud. Well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've given her a... No, you haven't. Well, there was one time... No. Oh, man. Look, kid, it's up to you. The big L... Or the big O.